Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's New Year's Eve, and it is a beautiful morning here. Uh, it's oh, absolutely a, absolutely horribly gloomy week, and this morning is absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that is fantastic. And yeah. uh, how are things over there? Well, you got to introduce the show. Oh, yeah. Over 50 starting over, everybody, uh, as if you didn't know where you were. I'm Barry Edwards. And I'm Merle Garrison. Uh, we have had terribly gloomy weather over here as well. We've gotten for a rain while every now. day for the, for the last yeah, few days. I mean, I haven't seen rainfall like we've seen in the last couple of days. Uh, pretty much since I lived here, it's been really crazy. Just continuous rain in a way it's pretty cool because we need the rain and we probably caught up to any lack of rain this year over the last couple of days to, to even it out. So that's good. And, um, you know, it, uh, it always, when the rain clears around here, it always seems to have washed a lot of the smog away. So you can see yeah. it's very clear out there and everything. So, uh, it rained all the way up until the middle of last night and, uh, waking up this morning, I'm looking outside right now. It looks like we got clear skies. So a great way down the year. Oh, it really is. But I thought it was that time of year. Is it? Well, well yeah, January. we do get a lot of rain. January. Yeah, January. It's a little usually early. that first week of January is mm -hmm. when it starts. So, yeah, it's right on time. But uh, but still, uh, it's nice to get a reprieve here on the last day of the year. Hey, I got to tell you something. As of about two hours ago, our buddy Dan, the fireman, is now retired. Oh, congratulations to Dan. Yeah, that is a yeah. uh, fantastic. I didn't think it ever come. That, yeah. yeah, I bet. I bet he felt oh, that way even more. Yeah. So he calls me uh, yesterday and, and uh, says, hey, it's my last shift. I'm like, oh, my God. And wow. uh, I said, so are the guys doing anything special for you? He goes, well, we got um, vitted, vitted out over here. Uh, oh, so we're kidding. at our bare minimum he said that the chief came up to me and said dan i wanted to give you a gift of letting you go at noon just instead of the whole 24-hour shift it would have been four hours wow. and uh but they're at bare minimum he couldn't do it so uh, that's what happened wow wow yeah. that's uh seemingly seemingly so said, happening everywhere yeah and i and i said uh complete uh 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 What's the word I'm looking for? I, I said to him, uh, really try to enjoy every minute. You're never going to be back again. And I know yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Is you're going to be all like all apprehensive and, uh, you know, what have you. But um, he's never going to be back again. And so I do, I do hope that he enjoyed that shift as hard as it is. And you know what? Going out in the way he did, and he and I had talked about this a few times, meaning during this whole vid, uh, period. It put a damper on his whole legacy because yeah. it's really hard to be there. They had to <clears throat> abide by all these restrictive rules and everything. Like it's not hard enough to do a 24 hour shift with a bunch of guys. I would hate that, but mm. then you got to do it in isolation and a degree of isolation as well. Oh my God. I, yeah. I can't imagine Anyways. that. Well, in, and, you know, uh, I was talking to another friend of mine who recently retired and, you know, her big thing is travel and she wants to, you know, really travel the world. This is her, yeah. her big chance. She's worked hard all of her life, sure. but there's so many obstacles now to where you can travel and what you can do when you travel there. And what a, what a bummer. It is. And, you know, we got our annual trip to uh, Florida booked and um, always can't wait to do that. In the last couple of years, it's just like, oh, well, I hope we can go. I mean, yeah. God only knows in, in a month what things are going to be like. Uh, yeah. You just got to just got to. Yeah, my uh, brother and sister-in-law are going to maybe like now are leaving for Cozumel and um, geez, man. Right now, I mean, God only knows if you get back home, you know, <laughs> that's the thing, boy, all the flight cancellations that have happened and, and major delays. There's few things more irritating to 
when you know air travel is hard enough but oh, when it's you're so weird. i've had some real nightmares traveling in on, the best I, of circumstances yeah, it, yeah yeah exactly uh yeah. gosh so i feel bad for the people that have had to endure this over the holidays and it's uh it's rough out there boy it's mm-hmm. rough yeah it um, is so we got a new year coming in uh yeah. i'm hopeful that this whole situation right now i'm hopeful that we're going to get on the other side of this kind of more permanently i i mean hospitalizations are through the roof and all of that well to me it sounds like herd immunity to some extent or another has to be around the corner that's just me talking i'm certainly not going to listen to fauci uh that's for sure yeah um so that's that's what i'm saying what do you think and let's try to oh, yeah talk i code. think yeah, yeah i think that uh what we hear here's what we're seeing we're seeing cases are up but hospitalizations and death um the death is down 10 percent right now and we know that 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 lags a little bit but still an encouraging sign and really hospitalizations what i saw was up nine percent uh while cases are up 54 percent so I don't know. You, it's less it, severe. It, it, what you're seeing right now is the actual evolution of a virus that is a natural evolution. While case, uh, while uh, contagion goes up, the severity goes down. Yeah, and that's and a whole. That's what thing, herd immunity really is. Mm-hmm. So, I just got my my third jab the other day. Did you? How yeah, that I had you? a lot of trepidation about it because I heard so many people. Uh, got sick from it and um so i was kind of like well if i'm gonna get sick i'm gonna go lick some handrails and just get this over with and then uh (laughs) get my natural immunity along with the two other shots that i got Uh, but no just the more people i talk to it's just like nah i'm just gonna go ahead and do it i didn't have any any uh ill effects from it because man i heard a lot of people i have to bad stories bad stories about that whole thing but uh but one thing is is true what we've seen here is that it's very hard to trust the media when it comes to what's actually (laughs) happening with these things because story you'll find it and they'll all conflict with each other they really did and also depends on the whatever medium you're looking at is you know what what you're gonna get Uh, on a given day and i look at i try to look at everything out there not just one uh school of thought that's why you don't know what to what to believe yeah, so it's like get a dart and throw it. And, oh, man, that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> because it, exactly right. You, you could be looking at the news on one day and you're going to get yeah. just complete opposites. It's I've never seen it this this opposite before, especially when it comes to the subject. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm so disappointed in the in the in the journalism that the so-called journalism that's been going on did you hear that that a second uh cnn producer got uh is under investigation with that uh, whole child child porn kind of thing oh i think i have it in my notes for later but you just made me think of it because no cnn has been they're lit up they're lit up boy Uh, we knew this right you we knew this uh, so before obvious. this all came out but we dude knew for that the people kind of that had the habit of keeping cnn on in the background all day airports every airport has CNN right. On. right i mean they didn't know they this is all a shock and they're still in disbelief and yeah and pro- frankly they probably still don't know about it um a lot yeah it, it's amazing but in this upfront episode this upfront part of the show uh, I want to talk about some other things. We'll get on. I have so many current events. So much went on this week. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had. A, I wanted to just stick to New Year's Eve for a minute and ask. Sure. You know what? Like, well, you, you got want... a lot of change going on yourself. Twenty twenty two is huge for you. Well, twenty twenty one has been a complete. I mean, I've never seen anything like twenty twenty one. And you know what's weird about it is, I thought twenty twenty was the crazy year we and everybody did. was we did. We're, oh i can't wait till 2021 and yeah. that's what we heard around this time yeah. last year and it's like gosh you know uh 2021 has been just a roller coaster for me and uh i mean 
day and night, uh, starting at the beginning of last year to the end of this year. It's been crazy. But what I wanted to ask you is, uh, do, do you have any family traditions that uh, that you had coming? You know, like, did you do anything with your family growing up on New Year's Eve or any kind of traditions like that? No, not at all. Uh, none. No, hmm. none. Um, just went out partying with my friends on New Year's Eve. Uh, really? Like your parents, they didn't celebrate no. it? No, huh, no, nothing, nothing special. Maybe watching the ball drop on TV or something, but yeah. nothing sticks out. But since Lisa and I have been together for almost 13 years, every yeah. year she and she's uh, starting it already. She makes this chipino. Uh, it's a, a Italian tradition. It's a seafood. Uh, what do you want to say? Stew, a seafood stew. It's huh. delicious. Um, like, oh, my God, delicious. And, you know, Lisa's family has really mm, faltered a lot. And uh, even before I knew her. And so they don't, they haven't kept up traditions and it's kind of bothered her. And so I said, you know, Italians are rich in traditions. And I said, right. More in. Let's, let's do them together. And uh, so I, you know, this is one that uh, we've done, but I'm all for more of them. I, I find the Italian, heritage the culture to be um rich very rich and uh i'm i'm all for it so. hmm. that's pretty cool oh, what about you with tradition in in my family it was a tradition and i think this uh it goes along with black culture but i'm not a hundred percent on this but uh it's a uh, good luck food greens? yeah good luck food is what you have on uh on New Year's Eve, and that includes some type I've of never uh, heard of this pork dish with um, with uh, uh, black eyed peas, and that's what oh. you're supposed to have. And so we, my mom, would make um, like kibasi and sauerkraut and ribs Yum. and black eyed peas. My mouth is I watering. I love black again. eyed peas. Oh my gosh! Really she would she made them so good. It would be oh. and it would smell so good and. And so, you know, as kids, we would always watch the ball drop and my parents would always give us a little bit of champagne uh, at, at, at midnight and we'd ring in the new year and didn't really uh, do the, um, the, the new year's resolutions. We did, that wasn't really a part of our tradition, but, uh, but I do remember, you know, new year's day, Neither it was always we. the college football games were on. Oh, oh the Rose bowl parade the next morning. And, I hate parades. I've always hated parades. I find you know, them so boring. I wasn't like, why my do you want to thing watch that? either, but my dad always had it on. And then it was <laughs> uh, the football games that would come on. And that, that would be, uh, that would be my new year's. And, and you know, um, what, what do you think about the New York, the New York, um, uh, the, the ball drop? Was that ever anything that you were into watching? No, I, I don't like any of that. No, not parades, <laughs> not ball dropping, not even college football. I love NFL though. I as strange as that is still today uh and marie and i when we just start doing this at home we we turn on the 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 ball drop at uh midnight or a few minutes to midnight and watch that and we toast in the new year but that a lot of times i gotta wake Anne marie up in order to watch oh, the ball drop because we're falling asleep we're not know? gonna watch any ball drop we are we'll be two hours into at least an hour into a slumber bike by uh, you know, Barry, by I was reading uh, the New York Times about uh, the ball drop. Now, this year in New York City, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, usually about 60,000 people fill in Times Square. And because of the circumstances that are going on, Mayor de Blasio has limited that to 15,000, so severely cut down. Yeah. But did you know uh, that uh, Times Square is named Times Square because of Time Magazine? I didn't know that. I didn't know Never that either. Yeah. yeah, me neither. Apparently, uh, it was renamed from uh, Long Acre Square in 1904 to honor the the times moving into its office there wow. and um then uh that that very year let's see um adolf Ach, uh who was the publisher of the times at the time celebrated the uh the move by staging a new year's eve fireworks display in the square 
So that was really the first one. And then he organized the first midnight ball drop three years later, a tradition that actually continues today. So this all happened, what, 19, I guess the first ball drop was 1907. And then they go into all these different uh, uh, New Year's Eve celebrations that they had. Uh, uh, interestingly, I found that this one, um, this uh, during the flu pandemic in 1918, uh, there were they they kind of did the same thing. Um, they, they cut it down. There were still people that came out though, kind of interesting. But let's see, it says there's an image that may resonate in 2021 at Milwaukee uh, Hotel Ball. Uh, dancers were masked, and that was prescribed by the uh, health department. So it's not the first time that this kind of stuff right. has happened before. It's kind of interesting. Wow, that is interesting. Um, but, but yeah, uh, and I guess the, the only two times that the ball didn't drop were in 1942 and 1943 since then. And that's because depression, no, 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 that was during world war two. And it was because they had the dim outs, uh, so that, um, you know, enemy bombers wouldn't be able to pinpoint those areas and, and bomb the city. Wow, man, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea about uh, the thing that surprised me is I I didn't know that Times Square was actually named after the the uh, the New York Times. And that, I, it wasn't it wasn't Time Magazine. I said Time Magazine. It's the New yes. York Times. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's a big difference. Um, yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I never gave it a thought. But if you think about it for one second, it's like Times Square is a funny name. Like yeah, you kind of yeah. should wonder Why? where did that come from? Yeah, apparently they moved their offices. They're not they're not actually there anymore, hmm. but that is where the where, name came where from. Where are they located? No, they're somewhere in Manhattan, but oh, just okay. not in Times Square. OK, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right. Just uh, on to something that I thought was. Um, oh, just some good advice here, though. It's may seem a little negative. I got in. I, I'm on this uh, email list for the Cleveland Clinic Wellness, and every once in a while, I get something that I think is useful. Not often, but every now and then. And uh, this one I want to share with you. Four signs your body is aging faster than you are. So that sounds a little, uh, it's a little uh, creepy. But, womp womp. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you may get something out of this. I, I think right. I did. Uh, lifestyle habits are eating, uh, like eating a well-balanced diet, exercising regularly, controlling stress, and getting adequate sleep, some of this is harder than uh, others, uh, are important for healthy aging when it comes to disease risk, cognitive health, and longevity. But they may also prevent you from appearing older than your age. Here are four common signs of age that may make you look older than you actually are. Number one, gray hair. While gray hair is partly genetic, look at my beard here, um, there are other reasons for going gray that are worth noting, such as including exposure to environmental pollutants. You have a lot of that exposure mm. there where you are uh, currently, <clears throat> and toxins and nutritional deficiencies. So eat healthy. It'll help you with your gray hair. Mm. Uh, number two, wrinkles and sagging skin. Oof. While again, genetics play a role, lifestyle choices such as uh, including a poor diet, smoking, alcohol use, and too much sun exposure can cause skin to wrinkle and age faster. I don't think this one is uh, <clears throat> a big shock to anybody. Muscle loss. Now, this is something that really occurs at this age that we are in. If you're walking more slowly or having difficulty climbing stairs, you may be losing muscle. Muscle loss naturally begins after age 30. Wow. And uh, yeah. you can forestall and even correct this problem by doing plenty of physical activity, especially strength training. I'm a huge advocate of that. I've also mentioned before, I personally, I recommend taking D, uh, a supplement called DHEA, uh, for both men and women, it activates that uh, a particular gland that for men, it's supposed to help you increase your natural testosterone level for women, uh, your natural, um, what is their hormone? I Estrogen. Yes, there you go. Thank you. And uh, number four, last one, receding gums. Years of aggressive toothbrushing 
that's me twice a day. I really, I brush the heck out of my teeth. I really do. Uh, aggressive toothbrushing plus normal wear and tear can lead to receding gums. I don't have receding gums though. Uh, good oral, oral hygiene, such as brushing with a soft tooth, toothbrush, using mild to moderate pressure and small motions plus flossing can help prevent this problem. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. The flossing thing is a big deal. It, it sure is. And I got to yeah. admit, I'm not really good about it, but I brush the heck out of my teeth. I really yeah. Do. Yeah. I, I, uh, growing up with a, a dental hygienist as a mother, right. um, I heard the flossing thing, uh, so much. And of course, no kid wants to floss. Uh, but if you don't want to lose your teeth when you're older, you should probably do that. That's what, that's what I hear from the dentists and yeah. uh, I, I kind of like my teeth. So <laughs> I Oh, it. well, it's not only that I got a, a, I've always had dentists for clients and, um, it leads to other, uh, it does. bad oral hygiene leads to other health problems as well. That's what so I've heard. It's incredibly yeah. important. There's so much that we can talk about, dude. I have notes on here for a long time that uh, Lisa's wanted me to uh, us to cover, like career moves with retirement. What do you do for a third act pivot in your life? Um, leaving corporate America versus chasing a, a, a true uh, career of passion. Yes. Uh, uh, those things. Regrets. What will I regret when I'm on my deathbed? How do I find self-forgiveness? How do I make a shift right now? There's so many things. And then yet, I have so much in current events. So much. And Oh, you know what else? I know. I'm going all over the place. But earlier in the week, I started uh, doing some research on the 1619 project because I wasn't yeah. Yeah. totally sure what that was about. Uh I'm sure no. Um, so I wanted, you know, Lisa asked me about it and I said, well, it's, you know, we, we bring this up along with uh, critical race theory kind of gets uh, smushed in there. And, and so, right. and so I said, you know, I, I have to look it up in order to be fair and talk intelligently about it. So I did. And I, I watched a few videos of this, uh, the, um, proponent of this, the originator of this, uh, is, uh, Nicole Hannah Jones, a reporter for the New York times, right? She brought this up to the New York times that she wanted to do some editorials on this, do some, uh, uh, some stories on it. And it turned into, uh, a magazine of this whole 1619 project. So I found her to be very intelligent, well-spoken and, um, but also very slanted in her viewpoint. She clearly came at this from a victim mentality. She clearly mm -hmm. comes from our life point of view, mm -hmm. from a victim mentality. And she painted this picture in that regard. Uh, I see, I empathize. I totally empathize that. Okay, so 1619 was um, proposed to be the first time slaves were brought over to this country from Africa. And so way before the whole Mayflower thing, and, and uh, I should say way before, but before the whole settling of the colonies and what we traditionally thought. And I, well, let me uh, see what I got in my notes. And I'm sorry, it's been uh, earlier in the week, I did this. So it's not fresh in my mind. But uh, so uh, Nicole Hannah Jones, reporter of the New York Times insists that this is the biggest problem. Okay, I, I, I need to give a little more backstory. So she also, when she was doing her research, she, um, she contacted uh, Leslie M. Harris, a professor of history at Northwestern University and author of In the Shadow of Slavery, African, African Americans in New York City, 1626 to 1863. Uh, and she uh, contacted her to check to, to do her uh, due diligence, to check her sources, to check, to fact check. And well, uh, Leslie Harris has a, an article in Politico. I have the link to it here. 
where she debunks a lot. She says she's shocked that Leslie, um, I, I, I'm sorry, that Nicole Hannah Jones went on to base the entire premise of the 1619 project on the notion that the Revolutionary War was fought to keep slavery. It was fought over slavery, not over independence. Okay. Uh, and she said that entire premise from the get go is faulty. It's wrong. And uh, so, okay, so let me read what I have in my notes here. So she okay. insists that the Revolutionary War was fought to protect slavery, but slavery in the colonies faced no immediate threat from Great Britain. So colonists wouldn't have needed to secede to protect it. It's true that in 1772, the famous Somerset case ended slavery in England and Wales, but it had no impact on Britain's Caribbean colonies, where the vast majority of Black people enslaved by the British labored and died, or in the North American colonies. The United States was not, in fact, founded to protect slavery, but the Times is right that slavery was central to its story. The argument among historians, while real, is hardly black and white. Over the past half century, important fundament, fundamental work on the history and legacy of slavery has been done by a multiracial group of scholars, scholars who are committed to a broad understanding of U.S. history, one that centers on race without denying the roles of other influences or erasing the contributions of white elites. This is the problem with the whole woke movement is that it kind of centers on like history started in 1619. No, there's a whole civilization, the history of civilization that has gone on before then as well, that needs to be taken into account. Uh, and, and you can lean it. And, okay, here's the empathy part that I truly have listening to uh, Nicole Hannah Jones in her interviews is Black America has a horrible history. It really, it's a horrifying history. And, um, and, and prejudice exists, racism exists, for sure. And it has been a, a big struggle for Black Americans, for sure. I understand every bit of that. But you can lean into that. You can see everything from that point of view and, and lead a very dark uh, perspective as a result, but you can also, you should also at the same time realize that while white people enslaved people, okay, everybody's been enslaved at some point in time and throughout the history of civilization, um, that should be recognized too, but also white people ended it. Okay. Not say black people didn't play a part. They played a huge part, but white people really we're instrumental in ending it as well. Both truths can exist at the same time, and they both should be recognized. So it depends on how you want to frame things and how you want to lead your perspective from there. And I find this 1619 perspective to be very dark, and it's not the full perspective. That's my yeah. point. I find the 1619 movement to be thoroughly disgusting. And I would say that Nicole. Don't, hold, Jones, don't hold back. I would say that Nicole Hannah Jones has done a terrible disservice to relationships between black yeah. and white people within this country. And she's actually got no business at all dictating how curriculum should go within the United States. She has no qualifications there whatsoever. She is not as historian. She's a so-called journalist. And how in the world did this 1619 movement have any kind of relevance to what goes into textbooks across the country? Because that's exactly what's happened with this 1619 movement. By the way, I'll just state a, a small correction here is that the Mayflower landed in 1608. And if you look at the Mayflower compact that all of the people, the leaders of the Mayflower signed before they actually stepped onto this country, 
you'll find in there the seeds of what is in our Declaration of Independence. And you'll also find uh, a very rough skeleton of our Constitution in there as well. This country was never founded on any kind of anything to do with slavery or perpetuating slavery. And by the way, um, when the when people started coming over here to this country, we weren't America. We were a part of Great Britain. And so any kind of slave kind of thing was actually under Great Britain. That's what happened. And, and when you stable. also when you also take a look at the Declaration of Independence, where all men are created equal. And then you look at the Constitution and you see in there the seeds of eliminating slavery. The first expansion after the colonies was the uh, mid the the uh, uh, the territories that now are Ohio and Michigan and Illinois, um, the north uh, the northwestern territory. Slavery, the very first expansion, slavery was outlawed. There was no uh, ability to have slavery. So this whole notion that the founders were trying to expand slavery through the Revolutionary War is warped. That is not the foundation of our country. And it actually makes me very angry when I hear this person getting any kind of attention or accolades about how this country was founded because it's complete BS. I hate it. I just that's my that's my opinion. And I will do everything in my power to fight against the 1619 movement, because that is not what this country stands for. It's not what it's about. And here's another thing I'll say about this, Barry, is that I found that this country, as far as race relations in my whole life at 55 years old, it had within the last up until about two years ago, race relations, in my opinion, were at an all-time positive high until these things started to happen uh, with, within our politics, within believe, our journalism. Uh, I believe it, it started in Obama's second administration. I, I, I agree with you. And he I fanned the flames you. of it. I and, really and, do. That's when this whole war thing We've gone backwards so quickly. Yes. It's, it's, it's terrible. And I could say this, that in my entire life, I've never felt discriminated against yeah. uh, until this past year. Uh, where it did, and, and it didn't have to do with my race, but it does have to do with uh, VAC status. I've never, uh, never, never, never experienced anything like what I've experienced over the last year. Tread lightly. Here, and and this is really, it's just the damn truth. And I'm okay. going to tell you that this has been a terrible, terrible disservice to what's happened. And now what you have is you've got white people being demonized for things that they never, ever did. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's tragic. It's tragic what's happened to it's race hate. relations. And, it, and I, say, I, I see Nicole Hannah-Jones in the very center of this whole thing. The 1619 movement and, and critical race theory, this is bigotry and disgusting and hatred. It is, but it, it's... Um, and I it have fuels, no empathy for that whatsoever. It fuels the victim mentality. It does. And, and it, you'll never win with the victim mentality. No, you never. won't. But I understand it. I empathize with it. As I said before, black people have a horrible history in America. It's true. And there's, uh, there is racism. And there, there's been a gigantic struggle. And we're still, we're still trying to get on the other side of it. But geez, man, I, I feel like the 70s was about the best period in uh in history for getting on the other side of it for making that turn um media was such we've talked that you know my god every every kid such as you and i that had to be forced to watch roots i mean as a white person every white person had, inst had instant guilt from then on for the rest of their lives because of the the history and and so now that guilt is preyed upon Here's something so that I easy. 
is something that I would also pull up here between black and white and regarding slavery. You made a great point that uh, slavery, everyone has enslaved everyone mm. in, in world history. That's the, it's not just white people enslaving black people, but let's just, you know, look at the real facts here is the way that the slave trade happened was that, um, uh, that, that tribes in Africa warred against each other and they, they themselves were enslaving each other and, and selling, the, selling those yes, slaves to, to the Great European Britain. merchants yeah. right. on slave ships. So uh, it's and that's not like, overlooked, uh, completely overlooked. And, and this is so if you really want to go and, and, and go reparations and look at who was responsible, we were all responsible. Everybody. And let me just say this. It's humans. We talk about uh, slavery being tragic and everything, but just about. 99.9% of the black people here in the United States are related to the, the to, to the white slave owners. Um, I know in my family, I am. Uh, so that white people are a part of my family and every other black person, that's the unique thing about being black versus African uh, is that black people, it's a unique thing here in the United States uh, we we're, we have white blood in us. And, and I got to say that if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. I would not have existed. And you know what? I kind of like existing. And so I, I, I'm not saying that that wasn't a good thing or that that was a, that that was a good thing. Just I'm just was. saying that, you know what? We got to put these things behind us because they are behind us. You made a, another great point is that um, we fought a civil war over this. Um, 600,000 Americans died. Now, they weren't all white people because black people fought alongside yes. white people in the, in the civil war. About yes. 10% of the Union troops were black at the end of the war. But we lost all of those kids. A generate, that was a lot compared to the population, too. That was a huge percentage of people. Um, American people, white and black, paid a huge price uh, and continue to pay this price. But why go backwards? I think that's a, a terrible thing. And it's a terrible that's, injustice to the people that paid with their lives this to, to have movement. this type of a freedom. I think it's horrible. I think it's the horrible. whole woke movement is always trying to go back 30, 40, 50 years and uh, persecute people uh, for things that they did back then. Now, today. And that makes no sense. Whatsoever. I was watching a news story yesterday where a school district in in Minnesota was the, the board was proposing to pay black teachers an extra stipend. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm like, this is How racist is that it is, it's complete <laughs> racism. And, and here's the, the underlying thing is that, um, Black people are too weak to be able to to sustain themselves. So we got to just help them along, you know, like like we're mentally disabled yes. or something. I mean, yes. what, what is that? That's, That's horrible. So racist. I, and, and, you know, it, it, we talked about the Salvation Army wanting people yeah. to apologize, white people to. <laughs> I don't want anybody apologizing to me. I, I, what I want is I want people to respect me as a man, uh, as a human being. That's it. That's all that that's all that I require. And we already have that. So let's just yeah. move on. Move I think on. Move horrible. forward. Right. And celebrate the accomplishments. One hundred and seventy thousand people every day are being pulled out of poverty uh, because of the richness of the world today and progress. But we don't we don't talk about things like that. No, we go back 30, 40, 200 years and try to find uh, crimes of uh, generations gone by and, and bring that to the forefront today. Uh, all right, you got my on. blood boiling here <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> oh, well, let me, let me add to that. So what I mentioned before, I'm just reading uh, my notes from a few days ago. Second CNN producer is arrested for misconduct involving juvenile victims. There's actually nothing that bothers me more than uh, child uh, stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, that in animals, because both are victims uh, waiting to happen for us adults. We are to protect them. Uh, they're helpless. 
So that, that, right. that bothers me more than anything in the world. Okay. So he resigns one week after top producer after top producer for Chris Cuomo was fired after the sex crime allegations against a nine year old girl. Wait, what? This is wait. It's a poorly written headline as always. Uh, let me uh, just read the bullet points. Cause this sheds light on it. Rick Saleby or Salibi. A former senior producer for Jake Tapper's The Lead show resigned from the network earlier this month. Meanwhile, another CNN senior producer, John Griffin, was recently arrested for sex crimes against children. Now, I, I saw this, of course, in the Daily Mail as headlines. And as I always do, when I find something interesting, I Google it to corroborate because the Daily Mail goes freaking nuts all over the place. Um, and I found this all over independent and conservative news outlets, news sources, nowhere in mainstream media. Mm. Mm. What the, that figures. Oh, mm. that 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 makes my blood boil. That yep. really does. Yeah. Uh, the, the amount of stuff that mainstream media will sweep under the rug, real crimes uh, to support its its. Uh, its own uh, narrative is is disgusting. I agree. I mean, just I, I I'm kind of speechless on this one. I know, <laughs> kind of overwhelmed that something like that is even going on, especially in the uh, case in, in as we just had the um, Ghislaine Maxwell uh, oh verdict that just happened, and four I out mean, of five guilty of four out of five, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I mean, you know, and it's the tip of the still iceberg. Alive, man. Same here. Yeah. Um, you know, because we have these very, I think it's, I don't know. I mean, first off, uh, she's looking at something like sixty-five years in prison. Right well, now. and what they're worried about is that now to barter uh, for her sentence, she's going to spill the beans on all kinds of big names. Well, and that's the real thing here is that um, there apparently are many, many people that are involved on both sides, victims and uh, people that have perpetrated uh, this crime against very young people, minors, young, young children that uh, that Ghislaine Maxwell apparently uh, was uh, responsible for recruiting and and uh, and, and getting them involved in this kind of thing. And, and, you know, uh, there, but the thing is that, that I'm not hearing a lot of is, well, who are these people? Um, you know, we get a lot of speculation about that, but they have to know who these people are. There's no way we that these know. people have gotten, have, have been able to hide that. And then it seems like Bill they get a lot of help from the, has, from the media. Bill Clinton has logged something like 28 trips to that pedophile Island. Right. Uh, I mean, but he's the same guy that went on that tarmac and with the attorney general to uh, to plead his case uh, with his wife over the, the email. Those two should be in prison for treasonous acts. And we all know this. Everybody knows it. But, man, there's just a whole lot of people that are above the law. I think that that, uh, you know, we also got Prince Albert uh, uh, yes, who had to step yes. down from his uh, royal totally position guilty. as Everybody a result knows of this. It. But the fact is, is that there are probably hundreds of people that were involved yeah. and we've only heard a couple Bill of Gates. names here. Uh, yeah, yeah, we heard Bill Gates name yeah. as well. Yeah. But the, and, and the fact is, is that these are the most powerful people in the world. And that's how they're able to to hide behind that the shelter of money that they have but i but justice is supposed to be blind and if these people it's are not. guilty of 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 abusing minors like that then they deserve everything Nothing's that happens happen. justice should Nothing's prevail I, I, that's what i hate that's um, what i hate about this whole story i'm glad that the, they they were able to catch these people at cnn but i think the problem is so much worse and yeah. uh, and and actually organized and i and this whole notion that jeffrey epstein committed suicide in his jail cell <laughs> is absolutely the cameras crazy. happen to go out oh yeah yeah oh yeah they went out and yeah. come on yeah. this is this is terrible we're These talking doctors. about doctors 
We're talking uh, about kids here. Doctors that have uh, proven that no, it, the 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 fractures in the neck don't happen that way. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah, so it's very, no, very logical. Everybody case knows this. Doctors have made. Right. Everybody knows this. Uh, yep, and nothing's yep. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as long as we're uh, crapping on uh, everybody. Uh, let's continue with this. <laughs> Democrats okay. fall flat with Latinx language. How do you like Latinx? How, you know what? I don't like it. When we were in college, that's when the whole African-American thing got started. Which I didn't like. You hated it. You hated right. it. You're right. like, I'm not from Africa. I'm American. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and it's and yeah, and there's a uh, South South Africa is predominantly white, I think, or at least yes, a good percentage. So it, it, it you could be from the Caribbean and be black. You're not African American. It it just doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's that whole politically correct movement that always goes overboard. And it's always from white people in suburbia who don't know any better. And uh, they push this stuff out there. And uh, so only 2% of Hispanics polled refer to themselves as Latinx, while 68% call themselves Hispanic. 21% favor Latino or Latina, according to a survey from Ben Dixon and Amandi International, a top Democratic firm specializing in Latino outreach. So... uh, the Democrats continue to shoot themselves in both feet with appointing uh, Kamala Harris because simply because she's black and a woman and ignoring the fact that everybody hates her for good reason. Uh, they continue to do this stuff with Latinx while they're trying, always trying to play the race card and it just falls flat. It, it actually, it's they're shooting themselves in the, in, in both feet, as I said. So, yeah. And oh, here's the other thing, too, Barry, is that, um, you know, African-American, it, it, African is not a race. American is not a race. So how is it that African-American is a race? American is not a race. Um, you know, it, it's it's a it, it's a weird, weird thing that we somehow um have related a country to your race or or a continent to your race as to your point um about uh, south african there's all these, there's all kinds of white people that and arab people and people of different races that that live on the continent of africa africa is not a, a country it's a continent it's right. just a weird it's a weird thing like what what this whole it's... politically correct thing is stupid it's ignorant. Just where are we coming from here? More problematic for Democrats. 40% said Latinx offends them to some degree. 30% said that they would be less likely to support a politician or organization that uses that term. Right. Same. I, <laughs> what I a, you want to crap on CNN some more? Yeah. <laughs> this is all of the left media but obviously cnn's a big part of that the covington kid uh nicholas sandman reaches a settlement with nbc and covington catholic high school controversy got a link to that uh so to refresh oh he said what is it? okay in quotes i heard them call us incest kids bigots and racists so this is the kid that was wearing the maga hat while this indian guy was beating a drum right in his face right. and he had this yep. smirk on his face and uh so mainstream media clipped that as they always do little tiny clip out of context and uh and uh uh prop that up to be as uh him being ra- uh, as this kid young kid being racist mm-hmm. when in the reality of the whole thing, this crazy in, uh, Indian guy beating the drum was instigating him. And he was using racist language against him before. Well, they and that's what he was this. saying that yeah. other kids were called. He's uh, other kids were badgering him and his friends call, uh, said incest kids, bigots, calling them incest kids, bigots mm. and racists. Mm-hmm. And, and the court of law, um, Let's see his filing against NBC Universal and MSNBC reportedly asked for two hundred seventy five million dollars in damages and CNN and The Washington Post both settled 
defamation defamation lawsuits from uh, Salmon in 2020 for undisclosed amounts of money. So this kid is set for life, but all of these leftist news outlets are found guilty of defamation here, of taking this Mm -hmm. out of context. It was uh, fake news as if we didn't know that. But I'm telling you, man, people that watch CNN and have that on habitually in the background, they don't know this. They don't know this. That's exactly right. right. And uh, and they're still uh, going to go ahead and quote the, these these things that they said originally about this guy and about the situation. And that's the that's the crime that seems to be happening yes. here. And, and this is what pits the the the, the society against itself. Uh, because now if uh, if that subject comes up and you try to say, hey, well, this is what ha- no, it didn't happen. That's not how it happened. And then you lose <laughs> right. friends that way. Right. It's so crazy. No, that's true. That's very true. Mm. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, but, no. I'm right I'm there with you. Um, that's that's all my I thought that I had like three billion things in my notes. I covered everything. <laughs> well, no, but that was that was, was uh, you had some really good stuff right there. And, uh, you know, it's so crazy how quickly time goes by as we as we speak here. Um, I have I have this this one right here is that uh, uh, Pelosi announces plans to commemorate January 6th anniversary at the Capitol. Um, what? Yeah. So uh, I cannot um, stand that woman. I'm sorry to say that so bluntly, <laughs> but I c- absolutely cannot stand her. I'll I think she's her. evil on earth. She's. Uh, I can't agree with you more on that. Uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Thursday announced a slate of events around the U.S. Capitol next week to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the January 6th insurrection. By the way, this is uh, CNN reporting on this. Uh, these events are intended. This is a quote. These are these events are intended as an observance of reflection, remembrance, and recommitment in the spirit of unity, patriotism, and prayerfulness. Pelosi said in a letter to her Democratic colleagues, starting at noon, January sixth, there'll be a prayer and a moment of silence on the House floor, followed by an historic perspective conversation between historians and uh, to establish and preserve narrative of January 6th. It goes on to say that the insurrection, which began as Congress members on, on, on the floor, worked to certify the results of the 2020 election, um, that it commanded the nation's attention as violent scenes of rioters attacking officers and destroying parts of the Capitol were broadcast. It goes on to say that... Um, uh, the uh, um, that the ensuing chaos led to deaths of multiple people the day of the attack or shortly after, while several officers who responded to the Capitol during the attack later died by suicide. Um, here's the thing is, um, if we're really trying to get past a situation, which this paints it in a way that I don't agree with, um, then why would we this horse, man. why why would we stir it up uh, again uh, you know on the anniversary as if this was like a 9/11 attack that's that's not what well, happened what here what they should talk about equally as much is the four people that seem to be undercover FBI agents that agent provocateurs that were involved that uh, are all on camera but have disappeared and faced no charges yeah and how about the uh, john sullivan that re- that we saw a lot of recordings from uh, who was inciting people to tear up the place yes, who yes. happened to be right there when the shooting happened yeah. and it turns out he's a member of antifa mm. um and uh and and so you know i think the the story has been so used to drum up this yeah. anti-trump kind of yeah. thing and yeah. 
And this is another example of that, you know, like you're really, this is, there's going to be patriotism, unity and prayerfulness over this whole thing. That's not what this is about. Come on. It's so transparent what this is about. It is. And to, to add in prayerfulness about this, to invoke God over this whole thing, when it's we know this is angry. just a political stunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come on. There's no there's no spiritual content whatsoever about what Nancy Pelosi is doing here or what she's ever. I done. think if she touched a Bible, she would probably burn. <laughs> Just combust. Uh, so anyway, so that's what's going on there. Yeah, look forward to that on January 6th with the big uh, January 6th celebration. Oh. Happens. How about uh, John Madden passing away this week? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Yep. No. Uh, yeah. Oh. So John Madden, he's 85 years old, passed away this week. And well, I got to uh, say, for as big as he was, uh, to make it to 85 is kind of a surprise. So, hey, God bless him. What a what a revolutionary guy he was in the broadcast booth. No kidding. And, you know, uh, John Madden was... Uh, was such a uh, a powerful personality and you know here he was also the coach of uh, the raiders and won a super bowl as the coach of the raiders uh but he did pass away unexpectedly and the family is not actually talking about uh, what it would actually mm. happened here but mm. he unexpectedly died i think this was on uh, tuesday really. this week yeah it probably is what happened but uh you know, and and uh, he's got the um, the the video game series yeah. NFL Madden. It's the the top producing video game of all time. Well, have you ever seen clips of it? It's so realistic. You think you're watching a real game these days. I, I see. Boy. I don't. I don't involve myself in that stuff because I'd lose my life. You know, <laughs> I would. I would. Yeah. I'd get immersed and I'd never come out. I feel like I'm already living in the Matrix anyway. Yeah. But uh, fact. A uh, quick fact on Madden is, did you know that he was afraid of flying? So yes. he bust to every destination to do uh, the broadcasts. In fact, what I read was that um, he actually quit his coaching position because of this. Oh. Uh, he was uh, this fear of flying really became a big deal to him. Mm -hmm. And he he uh, um, he actually went into broadcasting as a result and became really the number one broadcaster out there. Oh, he, he really was amazing. <clears throat> and to this day, uh, I God only knows how old is L L Michaels. Gosh, he, I don't, I have no idea. Uh, he, I mean, geez, he's got to be 80 and he's still doing it. He's my favorite. Is he really? Yeah, man. I've, I've listened to a couple interviews with him and his knowledge of football is off the charts. Like I couldn't, it was like uh, listening to someone give a speech on quantum physics. I, I couldn't <laughs> even follow a lot of what he said. I love that guy as a broadcaster. Like he's, he's my got a favorite. When you hear his voice, it's just, he is the NFL. Yeah. Him with Chris Collinsworth. I love Chris Collins. I hated him when he played football because yeah, he was yeah. too damn good. But he, uh, yeah. he's he, a great announcer. He really is. I so love his kind of southern twang that he's got there. Just he just always says very insightful things. He really know? does. He really love does. That guy. And those two, their their chemistry, their as a combination, man, it's unbeatable. It's like the best of all time. You yeah. know. Totally agree. Totally agree. How about this one in the news? Uh, have you seen what's happening in uh, in the Denver area with the wildfires? Yeah. Oh, not the wildfires. I thought you were going to talk about that shooter that went to four different locations before they finally shot him. Um, I, I don't I know a whole lot it, about that. I, really? I heard about that. I guess he killed five people, but I didn't know he went to four different locations. Oh, right out of people. a crazy movie. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I didn't put anything in my notes, but uh, yeah, it was around the Denver area, I do believe. And um, yeah, that's what I heard too. Started shooting up in one place, then went in a car chase or something, went to another place, started shooting. And then uh, I think it was the third or fourth place before they finally uh, got him. Oh, oh, it's crazy. Horrible. But tell me about these wildfires. I didn't know about this. Yeah, it started yesterday. Uh, apparently, it was down power lines that started it in combination with winds that were between 30 and 110 oh. miles per hour oh, in the Boulder area. So, two towns. Boulder. 
uh, uh, Louisville and Superior have really been hit hard. Almost 600 homes now have been lost in this 24-hour period, not even 24 hours yet. <clears throat> the governor's actually called a state of emergency. And if you look at the video from this, Barry, it is terrifying. I can't uh, believe I hadn't heard about this. What's happened here is... Did this it, just happen like yesterday? Yeah, just yesterday oh. at about 11 o'clock in the oh. morning, mountain time, uh, was the downed power lines that spread, well, like wildfire. It it just, not to be punny here, but that's exactly what happened. It's a, The governor said that uh, this is the kind of fire that can that can move the size of a football field in, in under 10 seconds. Um the video is crazy. I saw a video this morning of uh, some people trying to escape the wildfire in their car, and they literally had to drive through a wall of fire. Um, wow. The skies are are red. Uh, smoke is everywhere. And like I said, over 600. This is usually when you see these kind of wildfires, they're happening in, in semi-rural areas. Uh, but this is an urban, urban fire that's happening, and it's destroyed nearly 600 houses already. Wow. And it's not over yet. Yeah, it's not yeah. over yet. They're still fighting this. I said the video that I saw this morning, it looks like the winds have calmed down. Thank God. But uh, they've got a lot, a lot going on. Uh, one of the newscasters that I said was talking about how they were kind of close to one of the house fires and the fire department had them move away because what they were saying is this is not a fire like other fires. Uh, that you all report on these are houses that are burning so there's couches there's carpets and there's a a large amount of carcinogens that are going up into the air that wouldn't normally be going up in the air in, in these other wildfires wow you know that makes me think about when uh you lived out there in denver yes. yeah. uh, you painted this picture for me that i saw clearly in my head so you had these big windows in this place that you uh yes. uh were living and Back then, I remember, I mean, it was big news. Uh, the fires was the Rocky Mountains. Yes, it was uh, the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. You would just stand there and watch these fires burning way out there in the distance. It's I like, never, wow. first off, before I moved to Denver, I'd never seen any uh, wildfires or forest fires I before. I never have. Right. And uh, this, at the time, it was the largest uh, forest fire that uh, Colorado had ever had. I'm, I'm struggling for the name of that uh, particular fire, but uh, this, I, I, I remember the day I saw it started, this big plume of smoke was coming out of the mountain range, which we were pretty close to. And um, <clears throat> before uh, Ed Scott was visiting, actually, my brother, mm. and uh, before uh, uh, the, the fire went out, this was at the beginning. I know I'm all over the place. Uh, this was <laughs> at okay. the beginning of the summer. The thing lasted the entire summer and uh, it ruined the whole summer. Um, but I, I mean, smoke was everywhere the whole summer and things were just falling out of the sky, big burnt twigs and things like that. Big twigs. Like how in the world did that get up in the air? Um, <clears throat> it seemed like the world was coming to an end here. It turns out that that fire was started by a park ranger who uh, had decided she was a jilted lover, decided to burn these love letters. And uh, it started this whole huge fire that, uh, raged for a whole summer and destroyed a, a, a huge amount of of uh, wildlife and, and land these things are crazy and these poor people in boulder uh and my, my heart's out uh, out to them and what a terrible way to end uh 2021 man ain't that the truth mm. uh so as we wind things up here for this part of the show i don't have anything on the lighter side uh, just because I'm ill-prepared and had a lot of technical difficulties. So let's I just, do. oh, dude, go. Uh, well, do you want to share the screen? We didn't share anything at all. Um, I, I can actually. Uh, let me just go ahead and um, I don't know. If we usually a... share. Oh, you know what? We got a notice for copyright infringement on the last show because of the trailers that I shared. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. um i don't really have anything to uh to show here because okay. uh, there was some video and it's it's actually taken up what i wanted to show but uh, i talked about the detroit police department last week and how they were able to spot this woman that was kidnapping these people pretty pretty crazy oh, right. stuff and they, right. they good heads up and everything Here's and i wonder how did they I, I was hoping that you're going to follow up on that because I wonder how did they follow their instincts on that? Like uh, what? That's it's a good training story. is all I got to say on yeah. that. Here's one. It was the day after Christmas at an abandoned house and something seemed off. Uh, Detroit police have announced and uh, a malnutritioned new mother was scavenging for food. This is a dog scavenging for food outside the vacant home and with her two young puppies inside, including oh. one who had gotten its neck tied up in a mattress spring as oh. temperatures were expected to drop below freezing on Sunday. And around 5 p.m., two officers with the city's 11th precinct identified um, as a uh, Karina G and Rogers and G Rogers were called to respond to a report of a vicious dog in the area. Uh, but the dog was found uh, that was found was nowhere near that. Like mm. I said, it was malnutritioned anyway, to mm. make a story, long story short, uh, they, they uh, could tell that the dog uh, was a nursing dog that was uh, very swollen and they decided to look for the puppies and they found these puppies oh. trapped in this this house one of them was actually trapped like by the neck by a spring in this this couch and they rescued these two little puppies and and the mother oh. and they said that the, these dogs it was going to be ultra cold that night and mm -hmm. these dogs would have died had they not gotten there so there's a, you know, a nice little christmas story again right there. though Hats off to Detroit Police Department. How about I'm telling the, you, you know? that it's such a nice story right there. <clears throat> and and you gotta, you know, these these police officers, they never get any good PR. No, nope. and it's so nice to be able to say something nice about what the what the police are doing. And you know, here's the thing. I growing up, I was always taught to respect police officers and 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 you know they got it they have a tough job and they're protecting us yes, and everything and you really want to pay them respect um i think we've lost that uh you know my parents taught me that and parents get on the get on with that teach your kids yeah. to respect the police officers it's, yeah. it it goes a long way towards a, a civil society and anyhow hats off you to know these what? guys it's it it, it it gets to the fact of uh we're anti-disciplinarians today, whether it's your parents, your, your teachers or the police, you're supposed to just, Oh, no, anybody that's going to try to keep you in line is a bad person. And so what do we got? We got, uh, I say it all the time, participation trophy kids that grow up to be, um, they don't know boundaries and God only knows that I spent my entire life bouncing off the walls, trying to find boundaries, a rebellious uh, person that I've always been. And uh, the fact of the matter is when you find the boundaries, now, you know, the rules of the game and now you can uh, operate accordingly and, and productively. Yeah. So we need disciplinarians. We need disciplinarian uh, parents, teachers, police, all the way down the line. And uh, if you don't believe that, well, look at the uh, cities that w defunded the police. Yeah. You know, quite well. I got one other one here, and I just want to just add this TSA officer spots infant not breathing in New Jersey airport, leaps over conveyor rollers to oh, perform Heimlich to save a life. Uh, Newly hired, again. by the way. And she'd only been on the job for something like two months. Uh, right. the, the security officer leapt over to save this two month, I guess, a two month old boy who stopped breathing at a security checkpoint. Look, these people aren't paid to look for people that aren't, aren't breathing. Thing, but this person right. noticed that it turns out she's a an emt also uh she oh and it is true she'd only been there for about two months uh her name is uh 
uh, Selena Morales, and she sprung into action to resuscitate this child on December 9th after her mother picked him up uh, from a car carrier and noticed he wasn't breathing. She saved this baby's life. So two months into the job, she already saved somebody's life. Once again, got to give these guys respect. Absolutely. And with that, we really need to wrap up. We're kind of over. But I, I want to just say, everybody, I really wish you a happy new year. And uh, let's all pray that 2022 is uh, no, 2022 better. is the year, baby. Well, it is for you, man. You're making a change for all of us. You know, sure. it's going to be a bright year and you're going to spread that sunshine on the rest of us. Well, God bless everyone and happy new year. All right. Happy new year. All right, everybody. Hey, go to over 50 starting over.com sign up for our list and get all this important stuff to your email box. As it happens, at least download Spotify app and sign up there, get our video and, uh, and, uh, audio there as well. All right, guys. See you next week.